Welcome to Small Bites Radio with Donato Marino and Derek Tim. We hope you're hungry. Welcome, everybody, to Wildfire Radio, Small Bites with Derek Tim of BlueGeneFood.com and Donata Marino of DNL Coffee, being the barista service. Man, Don, it is fantastic to be back. Three weeks going out. Welcome back. Oh, thank you, sir. And you, I have to say, did a wonderful and fantastic job in my absence. That was a great show you had. Here that was. No, but everything turned out good, and I'm happy. To, it was a great experience, and uh, hope we don't have to do that again real soon. <laughs> but I have to say that Opera Philadelphia, I was sort of just joking around saying that they were going to serenade me with a welcome back song. And lo, lo and behold, they sent over a song and said, Endless love, we love you, we're so happy to have you, and here's a song to welcome you back uh, onto the radio. And uh, I want to give a big shout-out to Opera Philadelphia for sending that song over to us. And the song that you heard was Samil's Endless Pleasure, a track from the opera, Samil, titled Endless Pleasure. And there's also... Uh, we're going to get more into it when we talk to them. There's a cocktail at the festival called that, inspired by the song. Yeah, then they're going to hold it, from what I understand, at different uh, venues throughout the whole city to uh, complement uh, each opera that uh, people are going to be singing from. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fantastic event, and I can't wait for it. But I'm going to tell you who else I was uh, very pleased and extremely uh, overjoyed to see in studio to serenade both of us today, and that's the crew from Amato Brothers. (laughs) Yeah. And my, oh my, the spread that they brought in to welcome us, uh, we have in studio with us, we have Mike Amato, he is the owner, and Chris Hale, the bar and restaurant side manager of Amato Brothers. Welcome in studio, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you for having us today. I appreciate it. Oh, it is our pleasure. So first, because obviously this is radio, people can't see what you brought in. Give a little brief description of what you brought in studio for everyone to enjoy. Okay, we have uh, bruschetta with um, crostini and pecorino romano and an assortment of different uh, hoagies. Uh, First one is our house-made turkey with uh, bacon, lettuce, tomato, Russian dressing, and our old-world Italian, one of our most popular sandwiches, Um, all the Italian meats that you'd expect, and uh, a... The caprese with uh, prosciutto and that balsamic glaze that I can't get enough of. Oh, my God. I was almost going to say no show this week, Don, and just feed my face for an entire hour. It'd probably be an interesting show. It's all you would hear. (laughs) (laughs) They correctly put the the plate on that side of the the table (laughs) to keep it away from me, because that's all you'd hear. Well, I tried the uh, prosciutto 
sandwich to die for. Yeah. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have, like ate for a whole week before today. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have to, we did forget to mention a, a big thank you to the Dining on a Dime crew for welcoming, <coughs> welcoming us in on their one-year birthday yeah, party. Congratulations to them. Uh, show. So it was a joy uh, spending a little time on their show as well and uh, always fun to hang out with John Cole and Kevin Wilson. But uh, we're uh, here at Small Bites Radio and we want to talk to these gentlemen in studio. And Mike, you're no stranger to the culinary world. You've been in the industry for quite some time. But as we all know, things have a beginning. So how is it that you got started into all this and got interested in wanting to feed the masses, as they say? Uh, long, long time ago, uh, in 1980-something, I started working for the local corner grocery in Delhi. And uh, when I got out of high school, um, he put it up for sale, and the whole family uh, mortgaged everything. and. That's a lot um, of faith for one yeah. individual. Yeah. I mean, my, my now. Dad, do you have any brothers and sisters? My brother recently passed, but I, I brother and he worked with me, you know, for thirty years. Okay. And my sister worked with me for years, and she now works in the casino industry down in uh, in, in Atlantic City. Now, did everyone work with you at the beginning? Oh yeah. Okay. Because I was going to say that that's difficult if if you have multiple children yeah. and everybody's chipping in. Well, why'd Mike get everybody's yeah. support, not me? <laughs> they didn't want it. Actually, my, my brother, um, a couple of years after we opened the first location, um, my father said, and it was, we're doing okay, thank God. My father came and said, uh, yeah, you got to open up a place for your brother. I, I, I'm like, uh, what? He said, yeah, well, we can't mortgage anything else, so it's on you. Open up a place for your brother. And so in the course of the next year, we... Found a way and opened a place for Brother Jim, and uh, it was it, he was about eighteen too, and it was not good. <laughs> it was a very short lived, uh, but uh, we gave it a shot. You know. And how did you start out? I mean, was it just a passion for? Because obviously, uh, it's very Italian, old world influenced. And looking through your menu, of course, you have all of the hot modern things that everyone's eating. But I would say the bread and butter. Are fantastic Italian specialties, delicacies. 100%. Is that what you began with in your career as well? Absolutely. Grandma's recipe and, you know, mom's, you know, chicken cutlets and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it was so long ago, Tony Luke's wasn't open and no one sold chicken cutlets. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, that's really how it kind of evolved from there, from, you know, just, you know, a little deli selling cold cuts and groceries to, uh, you know, what we're doing now. It well, was... well, I mean, that's fantastic. And I hate to interrupt you. I, I really do. But we have someone online who's just, he, he, he was crying the entire time that we were telling everyone about these wonderful sandwiches. And he, he couldn't bear talking to us to begin with. But he's built up the courage. And that's John Howard Fusco, uh, the nightlife correspondent for... Courier Post, and also runs a famous blog, uh, New York Times recognized, Eating in SJ. And he's going to tell us what's hot and happening this week. Uh, John, I'm so happy that you could join us. Uh, I I was worried for a while. I was going to send the medics. (laughs) No, we're good. We're all good. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, Let me get to the the story here and get back to the segment. I want to mention uh, June BYOB. This is a new French restaurant in East Pass Junk that is opening on August 21st. 
Uh, according to Eater Philly, the menu is a mix of classic and contemporary French cuisine, and you can find a, a copy of the right now at philly.com. Uh, philly.com also reported this past week that Fergus Carey is no longer with Monk's Cafe and now will be running O'Shea's on Sansom Street. Uh, according to Fergus, the departure was amicable. Uh, Cajun restaurant Acadia in Bella Vista is now closed, according to multiple reports. Uh, Philly Edie re reported that uh, the last day of service was August 13th. On the Jersey side of things, Dory's Mediterranean Grill in Medford had its grand opening this past weekend. Uh, the fast casual restaurant described itself as Lebanese hospitality with a twist. And please read the article on the Career Post about the husband and wife's uh, team that, that's behind Dory's. And also mentioned W.L. Goodfellows and Company in Galloway announced on its website that it was closing after a 35-year run. Uh, W.L. Goodfellows was a big Oh, man. We are having some major... John, bad, yeah. bad cell tower. Yes, must have been a bad cell tower. Got the old beep, beep. And, uh, he's just angry at us, I think, Don. I think he, still, he relapsed. This is a couple weeks in a row we've had fantastic food here, and he hasn't been in studio. I know. It's understandable. Mm -hmm. But, John, kind of far away. thank you for calling in. We appreciate all of the uh, updates that you get. And I know he will be tweeting out all of the updates that he has that you can read on his blog, and he always hashtags them Small Bites Radio. But let's swing back to Amato Brothers, and I apologize about that. But John gets very upset if he doesn't get his segment in. No problem. And I've already got enough bruises and, and scars from previous episodes, so I, I appreciate that. So uh, the family chipped in. Uh, you're throwing out these Italian delicacies, becoming very popular, opened up another location for your brother. Uh, what instituted one, you sold the businesses in Philadelphia, and mm -hmm. then you came over to Jersey? Mm -hmm. Why was that? Well, we um, we actually went into the wholesale business when I, I my beautiful wife, uh, we got married and had three beautiful daughters. And uh, when they were young, it's a hundred hour a week business, so we went into the wholesale food, wholesale foods. And during that time, we moved over to, to to Jersey. As the kids got older, we went back into you know what what we did for our whole lives, which was you know and a passion, obviously. Yeah, I mean. It really is. And what made you choose the particular location? Was it someone told you, uh, a realtor gave you a little tip, or were you just driving by? It was actually not very far from my house, and uh, it was actually a little place. Um, looked great. It was right on the right on the you know a busy road on the on the White Horse Pike in in Oakland, and uh, I live right in Audubon, right next town over, and um, actually a broker who. Um, I dealt with in the wholesale business, gave me a call, and I knew the location, and the rest is history. There you, you go. Know. And also, talking about history, I mean, uh, Don, you've had Amato Brothers previously as well. Uh, anyone that knows me knows that uh, occasionally we are known to throw wrestling yes. events. Oh, we're right here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right here for that. <laughs> and when we do have wrestling events, we switch up who we're getting the food from. And your destination has been chosen at least once or twice as where we went to get the food. Awesome. And I can say both times everyone at the party was beyond the moon of everything that they ordered, and they were extremely pleased. So in my household, Amato Brothers is no stranger. And as saying that you're no stranger, it was heartbreaking a few years ago that you built up Amato Brothers. It became extremely successful. We're all loving these sandwiches. 
and then a tragic fire occurred. Pretty bad. Um, place was totaled, and uh, we were uh, we were it was a bad it was a bad day, <laughs> and um, we scurried around trying to find another location, and we wound up opening up in uh, Glendora for a year while we were going back and forth with the insurance companies and everything else. And um, finally, we just bit the bullet and started working on the new place. And um, the banks helped us out, and uh, the insurance companies didn't. <laughs> and uh, when we got it open, but it was it was the worst thing that's ever happened, you know, uh, barring, you know. Now, I would have to assume that the location in Glendora was as warmly welcomed as everywhere you've been. Now that you went into that market, do you see quite a few of your customers from there coming down? Absolutely. Yeah, they. they I mean, that had to be heartbreaking for them. When it you was. We, we we originally were going to have just have two locations, but um, just before we start, we were going to start uh, the construction to rebuild the original location. Uh, a liquor license became available, and we decided to go with the route that we went, where we put in a dining room and a bar and everything else. So we decided to sell the other location. But, oh yeah, but a lot of other, a lot of the folks from Glendora still come. I mean, it's not that far away, and and rise like the Phoenix you did, because <laughs> anyone who was familiar with the original Amados, you drive by today, and it's literally you, you went from. Well, it was a tiny little place yeah, to literally the Taj Mahal now. Well, it, definitely it's the, at least <laughs> twice as – two or three times the size as it used to be. <laughs> I mean, the the outside is beautiful, landscaped, and like you said, a full-service bar. You even have uh, a takeout uh, mm-hmm. alcohol that you can take out, and the kitchen is newly renovated, vamped up, and looks beautiful. Yeah, the kitchen is as big as the entire location. <laughs> <laughs> So, congratulations to you. I mean, that a lot of places can never recover from an event like that. And yep. you not only came back swinging, it's been TKO knockout since you've reopened the doors. Knockwood. <laughs> so, very humble. We, we, the customers have been amazing. No one filled the niche, and we, you know, we've been very, very lucky, I think. Without a doubt. I mean, and. You're in full swing now. There's there's really no bumps in the road. Uh, may have taken a little while. Get staffing situated in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. recognizing that you're back. But now that you're back up and running full speed, you've even recently thrown out an updated menu. You have a new bar menu with late night apps, new happy hour food, drink specials, and even an eating challenge that we uh, hear. So l- let's delve a little into all of uh, that to talk about well the eating challenge was uh chris and i were trying to come up with something that would be fun for uh you know to to, to bring everybody together and to kind of kick off him taking over the uh, the 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 bar and the restaurant so, so every gluttony was your first yes. choice yeah i yes. mean you we're said, both, to celebrate i choose yes. gluttony yes. we're both men of size <laughs> and you know it's i think for me it was a dream to oh would you like to manage a you know Really, really delicious deli with hoagies and a bar. Like, whose dream isn't that? It's like a beautiful hoagie and a beautiful cocktail. Um, so, yeah, we came together and said, like, well, um, what know, do you think? Yeah, what do you think about <laughs> what do you think about an eating challenge? And and uh, so now we have um, it's called the Tropo. 
um, which Mike will happily translate as it's Italian for. I'm not going to do the accent, Mike. You got to do the accent. It's a too much. Yeah, it's a too much. <laughs> oh, so, Don, let's hear. Let's, <laughs> I can't oh! do that accent anymore. <laughs> so uh, this thing comes. I get out made fun a... of all the time. So. <laughs> it's okay. This thing comes out on a sheet tray. It is two feet of cheesesteak. It's about, I would say, probably about two pounds of cheese, two pounds of meat. No, on it's there. it's more. It's it's three pounds of steak. Good a pa- lord! Pound of cheese, pa- the rolls a pound. Uh, yeah. Pound of fries, and then all kinds of other onion rings, and you know all your fried fare. You know mozzarella sticks and uh, broccoli bites, broccoli fried bites. ravioli. Uh, it's our and, entire munchie sampler. And somebody completed this challenge already. Yeah, we were worried. Everyone we talked to when. When we first set up the first challenge, we were worried that it was going to be impossible to say, well, you need it. We, it's a half hour with no bathroom breaks. Half hour? Half hour. You have a half hour. And you listed like five pounds of food. Oh, it's, it's more about than that. seven. Yeah. It's so about seven pounds. We thought, well, we're going to give it a try. And, and, and um, so we had three contestants that we, you know, picked out of, uh, you know, who, who, who wanted to do it. And uh, we have our champion who knocked it out and... 20 minutes and 45 seconds. Holy Toledo. Like it was a snack. He's like 18. He just... Was Lipitor the prize? Yeah, right. <laughs> I was really concerned for his day. I was like, please don't let that kid have a problem when he walks out of this restaurant. Uh, but yeah, we've had about five people try it so far. And you can come in at any time and give it an opportunity if you want. It's So I, what's, what's the caveat? What, what's the catch? Is it, it if you eat the whole thing, it's on the house? Yes. It's on the house. There's a t-shirt. Sometimes we give away prizes from the beer companies and things like that, depending on... Um, what's in house? Um, the first guys that uh, the took the, took it, um, the, the winner won a great uh, prize pack from Cape May, a gift certificate from the restaurant. We have a very specific winner shirt you can only get if you win. Oh, these prizes sound good. Yeah, yeah. what do you think, Don? Let's, let's go try it. <laughs> Well, the last batch of guys that tried it, it did not go well. No, it did not. Two friends came in, big guys. They were they're very tall and and young. And I really thought one of them was going to take it down. And they they were competing against each other. They wanted to do it for fun on a Friday afternoon. And uh, no, they were both out by about minute nineteen or so. So <laughs> minute, minute nineteen, yeah. but that was left or the beginning? No, they uh, they started. No, that was that was left. So they were oh. out. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, didn't 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 happen. But we're we're trying to get. Um, the local um, high school football teams together and all put up, you know, put Hopefully up. Hopefully after the season. Yeah, yeah. we've got some schemes. We've got some schemes. So we're going trying. On. We're pushing that, and uh, everyone seems receptive. We just got to get it uh, scheduled, and we think that'll be great. And if if one of those guys do it, they can meet the champion. Wow. <laughs> That is quite a challenge. Football champion. (laughs) We're going to get a belt made. I have a feeling it will be mostly the offensive and defensive line partaking in the... uh, No no cheerleaders. (laughs) All are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You will turn no one down. But uh, also is new is uh, a late night apps. Mm -hmm. So you, with the bar, obviously, you've found that you now have a crowd coming in, spending a little bit more time, mm-hmm. watching the games, where opposed you For didn't sure. have that previously. Yeah, we used to close at 7 o'clock, and now we close at uh, 10 or 11. And we generally, if folks are there, we don't we just kind of stay open until they're finished having a good time. See the good so. old days, Chris? You could have just left at 7. Well, you know, if you're <laughs> drinking, I'm pouring. You know what I mean? I'd much rather be there making people happy. And the new late night menu is great. Uh, it's some of our classic stuff from the menu. Mike makes homemade chili every day. That's one of the things I wanted to hit on, too, is that Mike really does have a, a passion for food. I mean, he's in there hand-breading, hand-pounding chicken cutlets every day. You know, all the meat is sliced to order. He makes his, you know, red gravy, you know, red mama's sauce, you know, from scratch every day. 
So we got the late night menus. Got some really uh, some of those classics on there. Two ninety nine, three ninety nine, four ninety nine, depending on what your uh, how late night your hunger is and how much uh, you know you've imbibed since then. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun and people are very receptive. I think um, people. The one thing I see a lot since I've been there in this short time is we have a lot of repeat customers come two three times a week, and uh, I think once you get in and you have a little bit of um, our experience and our hospitality, you're you're pretty hooked. And why would you go somewhere else when you can get the quality and the and the care that we provide? And uh, talking about that, the quality and the care, uh, I was, uh, was about a year ago dining on a dime, invited me on. They were having an episode called their cheesesteak roundup. Well, the question came up of where is the best cheesesteak in South Jersey? I named Amato Brothers. On that episode, one, it was a delicious cheesesteak, and I even had one uh, with the Baton Rouge sauce. Oh, yeah. Little Henry. On the cheesesteak. And the man who has now become famous, known as the Philadelphia Cheesesteak Challenge, Jim Jim Pappas, Pappas. Uh uh, has been featured on 6ABC, Fox 29. He was on that episode with us. Mm-hmm. And he recently visited your establishment and posted about how much he loved your cheesesteak. Yeah, I think he, he had the garlic mushroom, right? No, yeah. no, he had the French onion. Oh, French onion. That's yeah, he had the French yeah, onion. Sure. That's yeah. that's a new one, and that's really really good. So <laughs> you are you started out with your chicken cutlets and your Italian specialties. Every, now you have to see people are coming for cheesesteaks, and it, it, it's an evolving oh, yeah. sort of thing of what's going up and down, but. I have to say, everything on the menu is delicious. No, we've been we've been pretty blessed since we've been in that location, like South Jersey Magazine. We've been in there for like uh, meatball sandwiches. We have a Christina's meatball, which is just like a fried meatball sandwich. When I don't know when my when my mom was making meatballs or my grandmother, they'd give you a fried meatball and put it on a roll and say, "Get away from me." So, <laughs> um, this one's a little, little bit more kicked up. It's got sharp. That's what Don says to me, but he doesn't put any meatballs in the roll. Yeah, it's just a little bit of gravy. <laughs> Yeah, so that one and then chicken steak we were on in the South Jersey Magazine for, and I think uh, we were top ten uh, just delicatessens and all that kind of stuff. So we've been we've been you know, people have voted for us, which is awesome. And since you've been there, that little area has really become a little foodie destination. Absolutely, it started out with Aunt Berta's. And I've been a fan of Amberta's for years. Yeah. I mean, she's been there for maybe 20 years almost. Super lady, too. Very and nice. it couldn't be nicer people. Uh, she's won multiple competitions with her food as well. She even won the South Jersey Peach Pie Contest. She was the winner of all of South All of her Jersey. desserts are awesome. Yes. <laughs> so I, I know her products quite well. And then you guys opened up, and you even have a place that's uh, doing pickles sandwiches. Yeah, down the street. We were all kind of like... Uh, Elsa's, I, I believe yeah, it's called. Yeah, and it, um, people are liking that, too. We, so it, we've got Tonewood, the brewery around the corner from us. Yeah, so, so. I mean, it's all the tide is rising, oh, yeah. and some people would say, oh, it's competition, but you're all so unique in what you're offering, so I think it's 100%. a great thing Absolutely. for the area that is just bringing people in for Every different thing. Yeah, people kind of just head over in that general direction, and and they're going to get something that they like. You know what I mean? Now, what do you imagine Amato Brothers in the next five years? Do you have visions of saying, our friends in Magnolia, you don't have to make that ride. Maybe we'll open up again. Do you imagine the dream of many restaurateurs or businesses of, oh, 
We're so great. We're so fantastic. Let's invite some investors and franchise because pretty much what you have here is a lot of how people do start franchising. Mm -hmm. You have a fantastic menu, uh, a extremely loyal following, and it's a recipe for success. We actually had a couple of people over the past few years that wanted to franchise, and we said, we'll just hold off until we... So, I don't know. Uh, that I never say never, but uh, no plans for franchising right now. Um, we'd like to get more parking. <laughs> <laughs> you'd like to have a... You're going to have to find a Mike Amato to go into every franchise, because you know, he's cutting hokey trays at 6 a.m. and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's... Uh, no. It's a tough business, and he works a lot of hours. Well, I want to say it couldn't have been more of a pleasure to have you guys in studio learn about your background and really spread the word more to all of our listeners to really go out and try Amato Brothers for yourself. I've said it on many other programs, and I'll say it over and over. And believe me, if it ever goes downhill, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. We, 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 we will definitely uh, – that won't happen. <laughs> but uh, – Thank you so much. Why don't you share your address, your social media, your website, or anything like that before we uh, move on? Sure. You can find us at uh, 612 Whitehorse Pike in Oakland, New Jersey. Um, our uh, new website just launched. It's amatobros.com. Um, and um, we uh, are very active on Facebook. You can find us at Amato Bros on Facebook. And there's a lot of um, daily specials, game day things. So basically, if you're checking in with us every day, we'll let you know which bartenders are mixing up some delicious new cocktail, what new craft beers we might have gotten in for the takeout side that week, what sandwiches are on special. So please uh, give us a look there and uh, stop in, try some stuff. Perfect. Thank you so much. Well, Don, that, that was fantastic. That sounded really Nah, sorry. <laughs> sounded it. No, more than uh, sounded. Yeah, I, I was mean, eating there when you were you, when you asked me the question. Sorry. I <laughs> sorry for interrupting you. But I have to say, I was thrilled with the way that we opened the show. It was. I enjoyed the opera. That was, was a great way to welcome me back with the Endless Pleasure title. And we have the man who was kind enough to send us that serenade for my return back to the show. I just hope that I pronounce his last name properly. We know that I'm a butcher of last names. Sometimes first names. That's true. Sometimes I forget my own name. What is it? I don't know. <laughs> but I do know we have Frank. Let's see. Luzi? Perfect. Look at that. Yeah. The uh, vice president of... Stop the landing. There we go. Vice president of marketing for Opera Philadelphia. And he is online to talk about all of the wonderful events and things that are going all around Philadelphia for Festival 019, which brings 12 days of opera to Philadelphia from September 18th to the 29th. And you even have your own beer. How about that, Don? I know. I was at the uh, press party they had, and I usually don't drink beers that are... It's not traditional beers, but it was great, wasn't it? Uh, when I tried it, I have to say I was very impressed. Flying Fish did a great job in putting this beer together for the. Well, the they're, they're going to have that all over the city, buddy. And Frank's going to tell us all about it. So, how's it going tonight, Frank? It's going really well. And I got to say, this South Jersey boy, uh, listening to you talk about um, fried meatballs and red gravy, I am hungry now. So. 
uh, I will. Uh, <laughs> I know where I'm going once this uh, show wraps up. So, I, I sure uh, yeah, hope you, I sure hope you go for the food challenge if you heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I'm ready for that. I got to make it through a, a long work month in September. So, um, but yeah, thanks for having me on, and thanks for coming out on Wednesday night uh, for the big kickoff um, happy hour for Festival O nineteen. Um, this is the third year that we're doing this festival in Philadelphia in September. Uh, Opera Philadelphia has been, you know, around pretty much forever in Philadelphia. Um, companies have been making opera in the uh, city for almost 200 years. And throughout history, there were always mergers. And then there were like competing opera companies. And then um, the company we are now actually grew out of two, two rival companies that merged in 1976 uh, and formed what was then called the Opera Company of Philadelphia. We rebranded to Opera Philadelphia in 2013 with this idea that opera, you know, yes, has a great um, 19th and 20th century tradition, but it's a contemporary art. It's an, uh, it's an art form for today. And uh, we've been kind of trying to figure out what does opera mean to a city like Philadelphia, for the greater Philadelphia area, uh, for America um, uh, in 2019. Um, and so three years ago, we started doing this festival, basically turning the city into just one big stage for people who love opera, people who've never been to the opera before, to come out, to see a show together, uh, to go to dinner before the show, to enjoy a happy hour uh, beforehand, or to go out after a show and keep talking about what they, they just saw and so this year, I really feel like we've kind of hit the, the mother load as far as amazing things for people to do. So as you said, it's 12 days, September 18th through the 29th. Um, all of the operas that we're doing are new to us. Uh, there's two brand new operas that are world premieres, never been done before. Uh, and then there are two that we've never done as a company before. Um, one has never been done in Philadelphia uh, and one is a real rarity that uh, isn't really done in the U.S. very often. Uh, they're all in English. You know, a lot of times people will say the things that keep them from coming to opera are things like, oh, it's in a foreign language. I don't know what the story they're trying to tell. Everything, I think, is, is highly accessible, highly relatable. And um, uh, there's comedy, there's romance, there's, there's tragedy, uh, it's it's a little bit of everything, and and like we said, there's a really great beer attached to it as well, and everything's better with a great beer. And well, I can't argue with no, you there. Definitely not. And I also like <laughs> how it's Festival O nineteen, and what better partner to have with an O shape than Federal Donuts? You even have a special festival, Federal Donut Donut for O nineteen. I love that. We do it. We do indeed, and uh, they have not yet announced what their um, concoction will be. Uh, we're going to find out very soon. They said early September they will be announcing what the what the donut flavor will be. It is it is inspired by opera. Uh, it's one of their specialty donuts that you'll be able to get at any one of their locations in the city. Uh, and then uh, rumor has it there might be a special place at the Academy of Music uh, when you come to see the opera that we're doing there, which is called The Love for Three Oranges, that you might be able to um, win a complimentary federal donut at a um, 
speakeasy space that's being set up in the Academy of Music. That's a secret. I can't really give you too many details yet on that. Oh, no one's listening. Don't worry. You can tell us. It'll be my little secret. (laughs) 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 But I have to say, and I agree with you. Well, I'll I'll ask Don first, because Don is a true blue Italian from Italy. Are you a big opera fan? I never grew up around opera. I mean, I listened to it on occasion. I wouldn't say that's my number one to go to. But you enjoy use. it. I enjoy it, yes. But you know what else is when I was at the uh, press conference, one of your um, people that worked for you, I don't remember his name, but he explained that the calendar is set up in different color schemes for people that like opera or never been to opera to hardcore opera people. So oh, they that's know great. which, which yeah, event I, to I go like to. I like that setup. So if you're first getting into opera, you don't go to the hardcore. You go to the beginning of it, like a, going to school and learning the different opera. Really get a taste that's for correct. it and, yeah. and, and go and get more refined. And then, like he said, maybe if one of your fears is at, in another language, yeah. then start with the ones that you can understand and then move on to the more advanced. And then once you're getting a feel for the productions and you can sort of know where they're going based on the production and the staging and what the performers are doing, sometimes the language doesn't matter. No. So I, I like that. Great, and, yeah, great job. Absolutely, and and a lot, and even even if it's you know even if you are you know I want to see my opera in Italian. A lot of I know a lot of opera lovers that for them Italian is or Italian is the language of opera. They they don't necessarily want to see a new opera written in, in English. They want a classic that's in Italian. But you come to the theater above the theater is a translation screen. You can follow what's happening if you don't know the language that's it's like watching a movie with subtitles you have you know technology has not totally you know taken over the opera world but it's given us a couple of little perks here and there that allow us to get by some of these barriers and and open the door up to folks who maybe you know haven't grown up with the art form there's there's a lot of you know, opera suffers from that thing like, you know, art museums suffer the same way sometimes. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I've never studied art. I don't necessarily, I feel like I need to know a lot going in to have this experience. Well, that's wonderful. You really don't. You, can come, you can come in with very little background and, uh, Enjoy you it. know, the, the one, yeah, exactly. One well, of our operas is, uh, it's called The Love for Three Oranges. It's a comedy. It's kind of a screwball comedy. It is um, a really big cast on stage. At any time, there's there's several dozen people performing on stage. It's really funny. Um, the music is is great. Um, it, it's it's fast moving, fast paced. If if you think like okay, I, I just want to go to a romantic comedy tonight. Well, Festival of Nineteen has a romantic comedy for you. You want to see something that's a little more, you know contemporary and and maybe addressing an issue of our day we've got an opera like that for you uh you just want a a fun night out uh with a date we've got that for you as well that's awesome well you definitely have all your bases covered and i have a feeling you were mentioning that you were salivating from all of the talk of wonderful meatballs and gravies and things like that in (laughs) south jersey Maybe a partnership could be created where it's O nineteen with Philadelphia and also bridge it over to New Jersey with Omano Brothers. There we because go. Mike uh. has a little secret. Why don't you tell tell him, Mike? My daughter and her boyfriend both sing opera. 
and they're very, really? very good. They're amazing. You should uh-huh. definitely talk to them. And she's even sung at Carnegie Hall, correct? They both have. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Wow. So that could okay. be maybe uh, expanding the festival uh, footprint and bringing it over to Jersey I next think year, that's maybe. An exceptionally I think, good I idea. think we need a Jersey. We need a Jersey restaurant. Part. We've got our we've got our South Philly restaurant partner, the Victor Cafe, which, as mm-hmm. you probably know. Uh, you go there for dinner any night, and the, the wait staff, the bartender, at any moment could break out into opera because a lot of opera singers moonlight there mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. as wait staff as they're studying to be singers. Uh, so perhaps we need a, a, a second restaurant partner for folks who maybe want to dine before crossing the bridge into a festival. And I think yeah. whoever wins the food challenge gets free tickets to the festival. That's right. Sounds like a win-win situation <laughs> for everyone. But, Frank, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Uh, this is such a wonderful event for all of Philadelphia and the surrounding area. Uh, we can't wait to go to it this year. And why don't you share a website or social media or anything like that before you go? Sure. Go to operafilla.org and you'll find all the information on everything happening in the festival. You can learn where all these happy hours are happening. You could talk about going to one opera. You could get a festival pass to do everything. Uh, and you'll find us on social media at operafilla. Awesome. Pleasure talking to you. Have a great night, pal. Thank you. Well, talking about one great event to another... We all know in this area, Don, from Memorial Day to Labor Day, where's the place to be? My backyard. (laughs) Well, I'll remember that for next year, obviously. (laughs) Of course, Wildwood. The wild, 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 wildwood days, as they say. And we have the man on the phone to discuss all about those wildwood days, Executive Chef Wally, who runs all of the culinary adventures at Maury's Piers. How's it going tonight, Chef Wally? Uh, very good. It's going excellent. Awesome. Well, Thank you for having me. Oh, it is our pleasure. Well, I know that you are definitely a busy man this time of year. It's uh, nonstop, especially with the weather that we had this weekend. I'm sure you've been very, very busy. But you run yeah. Maury's Piers. It's a full culinary experience. It's complete with sit-down restaurants alongside innovative grab-and-go food stands. And you're the man with the master plan. How's that feel? <laughs> yes. Um, good. 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 It feels good. We have a we have a great team. Of course, I, there's no way I can do it myself. We have a great team in, in every level that helps out with this. But uh, there is a there definitely is a lot going on. And you even kick it out. You try to uh, be be innovative every year because everybody goes. Well, I've been the Wildwood before, and people say, Yeah, but you haven't tried this. And this season alone, you came along with the mother of all Bloody Marys, topped with. Barbecue brisket, pickled shrimp, chicken tenders, chicken wings, pigs in a blanket, French fries. We can go on and on. There's also deep fried moon pies, a southern twist on the nostalgic treat, and trash can nachos. And you even have curly fries, house made sauce of the week, which I, this one really intrigued me. Each week, there's a new freshly made specialty flavor. It's announced via social media and available at the Curly Fry stands. How and why did the concept come about? Because I love it. Um, It was just a bunch of, uh, like in the wintertime when we sit around, discuss things to do. I'm not sure who came up with the idea. We all Oh, just take credit for it. Just say it was you. 
No, 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 no. I wish, I wish I could. I wish I could. But you know, about we we split the sauces up. There was I think it was fourteen or fifteen different sauces, and we split the sauces up with different people doing them. And half of them are mine, half are somebody else's. But it's pretty much it was a lot of fun. It it, it really exploded. We didn't know how popular it was going to be, and we had one guest actually yesterday told one of our managers they had every sauce except for this one sauce. They wow. came by every week to try it. Wow. So it and, was exciting. And like you said, you've had about 14 or 15 in total. So that goes mm-hmm. into mean yes. there's obviously going to be some winners and losers, in, as in life, Don. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, now, to try all the different sauces, I mean, it must be... Uh, gives you a reason wow. to go down every of week. Of course. It's, I mean, because uh, I know I love to go down the shore. So it, it gives you some sort of, like little event that you're going to look forward to. And with, as we were saying, winners and losers, which I'm interested to know, what was the most popular fan favorite flavor and which ones sold the best and the worst? Um, We're still tallying everything. So it's not, this is not scientific. This is just based on, uh, this is not based on our, our product mix right now, but some of the popular ones, there was a Tony sauce we did uh, representing uh, uh, the produce guy who we buy our potatoes from, which was like a, like a Russian dressing style sauce. That was very popular. There was a Green Goddess. We did a riff on a Green Goddess. That was excellent. Um, a ghost, ghost Reaper sauce. That Ooh. was popular. <laughs> um, that was not only fun yeah. the first time you tried it, it gave you a little yeah. excitement when it Yeah, later <laughs> on that day. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we did a version. We did... Um, uh, we did an Alabama white sauce, which is a type of, of white barbecue sauce. That was very popular. So it's 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 up and down around the board, but we're gonna you know sit around and see which one uh, which one was the most popular. And as you said, this has been extremely popular, and you have people coming up yeah. to you and saying, "Hey, we've come every single week, and we've tried every single new sauce." And you are even in the works, possibly, to have a loyalty program based on the number of sauces you try next season. Isn't that correct? Yes, yes, it's in the works. It's still, it's still a little, uh, it's still a little uh, uh, preliminary, but we're definitely, you know, looking at that. But um, we are probably, you know, that's again, it's still, we are still uh, looking at it. But it's kind of, a, it's kind of top secret. So you guys are kind of. The first people here, top secret things. <laughs> we we have yeah, our spies. Yeah, we have our sources. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't make it out alive, but they at least got the message to me that it was in the works. But uh, com- yes, yes. coming this fall, you even have Maurice Pier annual Oktoberfest, which is always a fun time yes. because uh, we had a lot of Italian talk this, this show, Don, because I know you love the Italian mm-hmm. stuff. But there's only one type of food in the world. What? 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 No. No. But now Germans, such as myself, <laughs> get to celebrate a little bit throughout the year. And Maurice Pierre's Oktoberfest kicks off on September 20th, and it lasts not one, Don, not two, not three, four consecutive weekends of German-themed revelry. Wow. What do you think of that? I thought you were going to say four yeah. days, but four weekends. Yeah. <laughs> Holy, that's a lot yeah. of beer. Hey, yeah. Four weekends. We do it in style yeah. there, it's Mr. Donato. Beer, pretzels. So, obviously, 
you being an executive chef, you get to experiment a lot. You, you get the boardwalk favorites. What's your personal preference as being a chef, Maury's Pier not included, of type of food to work with? Um, type of food to work with? That's a, that's a tough question. That's like asking you know, who's your favorite child kind of thing. I don't know if I have a, <laughs> have a preference with that, but uh, that's a tough. But if I had to pick, um, even before they were popular, um, it's very out there. It's not out there, but you can do a lot with it. Or tacos. I've been a fan of tacos for 20, 25 years. So, you know, I, I like I do like tacos, even though it's not very European, or not very French or classical, but tacos are a lot of fun. Now, I don't know if you would know these numbers, but I'm sure someone from Maury's does. How many patrons do you serve in the summer season? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. A lot. Like a, like a real lot. <laughs> a real lot is a, a very good description. That's a technical term. A real lot. <laughs> Mike loves it when he leaves at the end of the day and he said, oh, how, how many receipts did we have? A lot. A, a real lot. <laughs> a real lot's a good day. So, yes. I'm yes. sure that this will also go as picking your favorite child sort of thing as well. What's your yep. number one food item to get on the boardwalk? Because mine, as simple as it is, I love the fries. Oh, my goodness. A little vinegar, a little summer day to breeze, salt, nice salt breeze is hitting you. Which one's yours? Um, yes, that's a fries are a close second, but I have to go with uh, the pizza or the pizza jumbos. I like, I really like our pizza. Yeah. How about you, Don? Yeah, we do a, we do a thin crust pizza. It's a little, you know, we're up there. There's some other, you know, local pizza places in the area, and we're in. People say we're in, we're in competition with them. Like ours is better than that one. Just to be in that same talk of the of the pizza, you know, people with the pizza. I'm really excited about the pizza. It's a quality, you know, it's uh, it's a quality pizza. That's great. Slice. That's that's awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, you guys got it going from rides to. Everywhere to eat. What about you? What's your favorite boardwalk food, Don? Now, my favorite boardwalk food is a good slice of pizza. I have to oh, agree. we got two for the I pizza. I have to agree. Yeah. Well, yeah. Come on down and try it. We use we yeah we use we use King Arthur flour in our pizza. You know, the whole I can go down to Litany. I'm not going to tell you all our secrets, but that's one of the things we really you know focused on. It with a quality sauce, quality cheese, quality uh, crust. So. Well, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure talking to you. And just like you said, the season doesn't go just from Memorial to Labor Day. You've got a lot of events planned. Things continue. And uh, it may slow down a little bit for you, but you still serve a real lot of people, and you do it well. So (laughs) congratulations. Do you want to uh, share a website or anything like that before you go? Um, you can go on our website at com, and there's all, all little drop-downs and information on there about Toberfest and, uh, and, and all that information you know, coming up in the fall. We have the different menus of all our four different areas where we have full service. Perfect. So everything is, is, is really right there. Perfect. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Well, Chef, right. Thank you. You too, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Chef Wally did say his favorite type of food to work with outside of his regular job for his own personal enjoyment is tacos. Yeah. So I hope that Chef Wally still has the radio tuned in 
because we have someone that he's really going to enjoy to hear from. And that would be Eric Silverstein of the Peached Tortilla Empire with his new book, Peach Tortilla, Modern Asian Comfort Food from Tokyo to Texas. How's it going tonight, Eric? It's going great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it is our pleasure. So the book, I have to say, what a wonderful book. You really uh, incorporated a fusion of flavors that are not only interesting, but delicious. So before we delve into all of that, why don't you give anyone who isn't familiar with you a little bit of your background? Yeah. Um, well, my my personal background is I, I, I got into the restaurant business. Um, kind of, I kind of backdoored my way into it. I used to be a lawyer um, and then ended up leaving that career to start a, a food truck. So the Peace Tortilla started as a food truck. Um, very small operation serving Asian inspired, uh, Asian and Southern inspired tacos and sliders out of an old lunchera truck. And, uh, you know, it's just a business that we've slowly grown over time, um, over the past, um, close to a decade. Um, and now we are, uh, we have two food trucks still, but we also have, um, three restaurants, um, an event space and a full service catering operation and our and our primary focus is is Asian uh, fusion cuisine. And I and I enjoy how you consider yourself a mismatch because of the background that you did say Jewish, Chinese, Southern, Texan, and a little Japanese yeah. sprinkled in. I mean Right there is probably the majority of all my favorite foods, of uh, ethnic yeah. foods. So you can't <laughs> go wrong there. I mean, that, that was a wonderful mix. I, I would high-five and thank my parents every day <laughs> and ancestors yeah, before it, that. It, it's a unique um, combination. You know, I had a, I had a unique upbringing, um, you know, growing up and being born in Tokyo and, and not being Japanese and uh, then of course being biracial and having you know American parents but my mom's Chinese American and my dad's a Jewish guy from New York and then you know moving to Atlanta and then you know ending up in Austin many years later so it's uh it is a you know my background is a, is a, is a true fusion I mean that's what I I'm biracial I mean there's no other way to it. But that's so, truly um, what America you know, I, is. I, I, I mean, we we are a melting pot. And throw uh, politics aside of whatever some people want to say of this or that. America truly is a nation of immigrants. The only people that were here before anyone else were the Native Americans. Bottom line, everyone else came from somewhere else. So. Uh, I want to thank you for embracing that and saying, hey, yeah, I, I'm a little mix of everything. Because me personally, I'll admit it, I'm a mutt. Yeah. I, I probably have 10 yeah. different things that are <laughs> that are going on. But you, geniusly, uh, through your background and your influences, combined these flavors and you kicked off. It was a food truck first, correct? Correct. Yeah, we we didn't even own a food truck. We leased the food truck. I didn't know how long I was going to be able to, you know, make the business last or if we were going to be successful. And then you were getting all sorts of accolades. What was the dish that everybody was going gaga for? 
I mean, early on, I think a couple of our tacos were really popular. You know, we did a banh mi taco uh, with a with a great piece of Vietnamese phrase, uh, pork belly, pickled daikon carrots. You know, come, having that out of a food truck. I mean, you got to think about Austin and where the dining scene was, you know, 10 years ago. Most people didn't even know what a banh mi sandwich was, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were in- introducing a lot of things. You know, we had a pad thai taco on the food truck. People love that. Um, you know, people were familiar with pad thai but they you know they never seen it in a taco so those are the couple of early on you know items on off the taco truck that people really enjoyed and then since then since we opened the restaurants i mean there's been a, a bunch of different items that really pop i mean a lot of those are in the cookbook yeah and and with the book what i really enjoyed is that you weave your fascinating and even sometimes agonizing life story throughout each chapter but the book is beautifully (laughs) laid out that you've put full color photos detailed how-to's extensive noodle and asian food glossaries and even your own eclectic touches and advice on practically almost every page it's a fantastic book i have to tell you well i appreciate it It sounds like you you've you've read quite a bit of it uh you know it was it was important for me um, to really tell people about my story um, and my background. I mean, without understanding my background, my food doesn't make any sense. But, um, you know, the story is very much a part of our brand, you know, like how we started. Um, you know, it's it's almost like a not only a lesson in cooking, but a lesson in entrepreneurship and, you know, never giving up on, on your dream. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people who will, uh, I guess, um, identify with the book are people that, you know, maybe are a little bit hesitant to step outside the boundaries of what they feel like, you know, society has set set out for them and and to to go out and chase things in their life. And that was really important for me. That's a message that, um, you know, I feel strongly about, too, on top of all the food. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And I can say anyone who's interested in it, be sure to go out, because if you get this book, without a doubt, with anything you get out of it, it's going to deliver soul-satisfying comfort food with a kick, without a doubt. So I want to say thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure. The book's wonderful. And the next time I'm out in the area, I definitely have to stop by, because I'm embarrassed to say I haven't been out there yet. I've never been. I've been to seven continents, Don, and I've never been to Austin, Texas. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. (laughs) Well, I'm going to have to Next make a stop. Next time you're in Austin, please come. Will do. Well, th- do. thank you so much for joining us. Do you want to share a website, social media, or anything like that before you go? Yeah, absolutely. Our website is www.thepeachedtortilla.com. We also have another uh, concept called Bar Peach, uh, Peach with an E-D as well. And then um, Instagram is uh, just at Peach Tortilla, Peach with an E-D. So thanks again for having me on today. Perfect. Have a great night. That was fun, Don. That was an interesting story. You ever been to Austin? No, I've been to Houston. Close, but it's the right church, wrong pew. Yeah, well, close. <laughs> <laughs> How about any of you gentlemen? I All I can think about are the tacos on the cover of this book, and I want to know <laughs> where to get those tacos right now. Well, I think that if you, Austin. If you, yeah. if you dig into it, 
you're going to be lucky enough to make them yourself. Yeah, we'll give it a shot. I think Taco Tuesday might have a little extra spin at uh, Motto Brothers. <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> never say never yeah, as they. That book could make it happen. That, that that's <laughs> Now, I would be interested to see if your daughter knew about O nineteen or the O festival. Oh yeah, she she definitely knew. Did she? Did she? She knew he was. She knew that gentleman was going to be on the on the on the show. Okay. uh, She's got me all links for her. uh, You know, (laughs) and play this and play that. Remind him. (laughs) So absolutely, yeah. She's she was. uh, Any any way she could get her name out there, she's ready to go. Well, that I mean that's wonderful. I mean because it really is. It's an art form that I think was lost for a little bit, but it's really picking up steam again. I had no idea uh, at all. She wasn't raised with us going to opera or anything else like that, but she is just amazing. And Yeah, I wonder uh, how she, did she ever say how she fell in love with it? If she didn't uh, Not really. It's just I mean, since she was man, very young. She she was Singing and everything else, and uh, just gravitated toward it. She loves it. That's awesome. And one of my, I have to say, one of my favorite places to go to. I know a lot of people say, oh, it's touristy. It's like going to the certain cheesesteak places. I'll remain unnamed, but I like the Victor Cafe. Yeah. Never had a bad meal there. Yes. Always enjoy the entertainment. And we had our wholesale company, they were one of our customers, and they buy the best. So. They're good people, and it's you can't. And I even took my son last year. I mean, now he's six, so he was he was five last year, and to see it through like a child's eye, of didn't that person just serve me something? And now they're out there singing a wonderful crazy. song. Yeah, it's crazy, and it really opens it up to most of the times you're just thinking, oh, this person's just serving my food, and that's it. But this person could have a hidden talent that you never know. So you just don't judge the old, don't judge a book by its cover. Very true. Very, very true. Yeah. So, I mean, Don, this was a fantastic show. It was. Uh, the Opera Cafe, I've uh, been there a few times, and uh, I, I, the way the same kids or older adults, the way they start bellowing out music, is so moving sometimes. Yeah. But you know what else moves me? Is is when I get the phone call and I hear that Chef Barbie Marshall is online. Me too. Pen- named Pennsylvania's most influential chef is Cooking Light Magazine. How's it going, Chef Barbie? Hey, y'all. How are you? We're, Things are going great. Awesome, awesome. So what's hot and happening? Uh, I don't know if you guys talked about this already, but what's been hot and happening this week in my timeline is chick flavors, Popeye's fried chicken sandwich. Oh, we're not worried about that. We have a Motto Brothers chicken cutlass, so we're not really worried about any of those changes. But, but, but feel free to. And what I was going to say was <laughs> that you should totally 100% try your local restaurant's fried chicken sandwiches because they're always going to be the best ones. Without a doubt. And to me, they sort of get everyone into a frenzy like, oh, this is new. And I do like how immediately when it came out, uh, someone who just recently visited us, and I and I love him, Chef uh, Adam of Redcrest Fried Chicken. He he took his butt right to Fox Twenty Nine and said, "I've been serving this for years. What are you what are you cats <laughs> What are you cats talking about?" So it, it, the general public shows that advertising does work, and if you spend the right amount of money, anybody will believe anything. 
I think that the real secret behind everything is just pre-prepping everybody for winter bod. <laughs> this fried chicken frenzy sandwich rush is just a sign that nobody cares about their bikinis anymore. That is true. I've never thought of it that brilliant marketing. They're like, there's only one more week left and nobody's going to care about their beach body. It's over. Time, it's over. To, time to get them all for that winter heat. I got a year. <laughs> but and, and we should note. Chef Barbie, you are quite famous for your fried chicken. So I know it had to stick in your craw a little bit and say, what you talking about? <laughs> come on now. I did. I did make a post that my fried chicken sandwich is always going to be better because, I mean, come on. And I just, and I just Ed, want to remind Ed you. Ed Hitzel wrote me on Ed Hitzel wrote about my fried chicken. And I want to remind you, you've promised me multiple times, and I still have not enjoyed your Fried chicken. Just saying. Just saying. Okay, we'll, and we'll end the, fried chicken one day. Okay, we'll end the segment with that. Just, just to remind you. But it was a wonderful show, <laughs> Chef Barbie. Thank you so much for calling in again, Chef Barbie. For anything, Google or the Hell's Kitchen All Star. Have a great night. We'll talk to you again. Ten seconds, very quickly, going around. Say your name and whatever you want. Ten seconds. My name is Chris Hale. I'm the bar manager at Amato Brothers. And come on in and try some of our uh, craft cocktails. Mike Amato. I love making food for everybody. Donato <laughs> <laughs> Marino with DNL Coffee, being the barista service. You can see us on Facebook. There you go. Derek Tim of BlueJeanFood.com. You've listened to Small Bites live on WildfireRadio.com. Uh, listen to us on all of our syndicated stations. Google it because there's too many for me to know. Or listen to us the following day on all of your Apple products on iTunes. We were also thrilled to have John Howard Fusco. Even though it was a little uh, technical difficulties, Amato Brothers, it was such a joy having you guys in studio. And again, thank you for bringing in all the food. Frank from Opera Philadelphia, check out Festival 019, September 18th through the 29th. Chef Wally from Maury's Pier, Uh, you don't really need to say more about the the Wildwoods. And uh, Eric Silverstein of the book, The Peach Tortilla, Modern Asian Comfort Food from Tokyo to Texas. Great show. Thank you, Taylor. It was great being here for even uh, Dining on a Dime, their one-year birthday. And we end the show like we always do with a joke of the week from the legendary joke teller, Jackie the Joke Man Martlin. I'm Jackie Martling, and this is Small Bites. Maria says, Mama, in just two weeks, I'm going to be married. And my Antonio, he wants me to have a talk with you. The mother says, okay, Maria, tonight we sit down and I have a nice long talk with you. I teach you all about the birds and the bees. She says, no, mama, we know how to stupa stupa. I needed you to teach me how to make your lasagna. <laughs> Small bites. Small bites.